0: to possibly build an ark it feels like this good rain it's uh much needed much needed dude it's been awesome i love this rain
1: yeah but it canceled our volleyball game this week oh yeah always unfortunate that's okay
0: how many nights a week do you guys play
1: i mean usually it's just one day a week. I mean, I don't have time for anything else. I wish I could play volleyball six nights a week and do jujitsu six nights a week and hang out with my wife six nights a week. And yeah, that's not how the world works
0: though, unfortunately. That, uh, when you follow all like the self-help stuff, as I always like to talk about, it seems like that's how the world works. Right. Like I had somebody that we've talked about on this podcast several times, um, reach out to me and God, I'm going to pull this up. What'd they say? Um, let me find it. Here it is. Every time I go on Instagram or look online, I get to start thinking I need to change stuff. I need to do something different. Got to do this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that normal? I know it's not true. God, man, like these are, you know, it's a great message, and I'm. It's awesome that you know you can have like a. Um, a rapport, like a conversation with somebody about this stuff. But that uh, that stuff just drives me insane because it's like, man, not at the person. It drives me insane about just of what we have, like what we have to do or what social media and stuff has turned into. And I know I talk about that a lot, but this is like the evidence of exactly my frustration with those sort of things. And it stems from like my post today. Like... (laughs) Dude, I haven't made a shirtless post in forever. And the shirt was off because it's hot as shit in the gym. And I have to go somewhere next and I have one shirt. So I was like, OK, I want to be presentable at least and not a sweaty thing a mess as I go do these errands afterwards. And there's nobody in the gym. But yeah, you take a video. And then I'm like, man, I never show training stuff. All right, I'll just post this. And it gets, in like five hours, it's gotten more than like any post I've done in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and it there's nothing
1: special to it. It's funny how the, the algorithm reads into some of those things. Yeah. That that I'm reading a book right now and I mentioned it before on the podcast that I'm finally getting into reading it, but it's called Chatter, and it's all mm-hmm. about that like the psychology of the negative talk and how to really take control of that internal monologue and, and those those conversations you have with yourself and and, and all the negative effects that we get from not having control of it mm-hmm. and, and going even so far as to show how um, they've done studies where this negative self-talk, this negative thought patterns that we get into in the cycle mm-hmm. is, is correlated to physical stress and how it can cause physical pain, physical um, ailments, essentially. Yeah. That, and and we've talked about this where stress, exercise is a type of stress.
0: And it's self-creating.
1: Um, and but it's but that stress is a, an adaptive thing, right? It's good for us until it's chronic, and then it's mm-hmm. not good for us. Which right. is why, like when we talk about like on the exercise side, it's like, well, you want to induce stress. You come into the gym to create stress. And then you go do things that allow your body to adapt to that stress. It's which back is to growth. our balance
0: thing we always talk about. Yeah. We always bring everything to that balance point. Right.
1: And when we don't have that, well, then now our stress becomes chronic. Yeah. And that's when, in the physical training world, whether it's jujitsu or gym or whatever, we become overtrained because we've now created chronic stress where our body can't recover and adapt. But that same thing happens mentally where we have these mental cycles that we go through, and we get in that mental spiral is really what I'd say, That almost like a downward spiral where we can't get a hold of those negative thoughts and that anxiety and that stress, and then it becomes chronic stress, and that same thing happens where the same parts of your brain that trigger physical pain are triggered through um, having these negative thoughts. And right. so you're having where you're this n- negative spiral, this chronic mental stress creates physical ailments because it's impacting some of the same components of the body. It's really interesting. Back pain.
0: Yeah. And Knee like, pain.
1: You're not recovering. I you're not... you yeah. and I
0: talked about this recently off a podcast. We did. Where like, it, I was talking about a, some somebody or a person, a case, and where it's like, man, somebody can legitimately be trying to do all the right things, but still... Be an emotional roller coaster and in a wreck, and until they're, I guess, until they acknowledge it, like that's the first step, acknowledging it, then to start some sort of planning of attack with better thoughts or whatever it might be. But until they acknowledge that, none of the physical things in the gym are going to change for the better, um, and that's just a, such a weird thing, and it's such a hard conversation to have with people because. I think for the most part, I think people are dedicated. And I, for the most part, at least the people that I'm around, and my bubble does happen to be around people trying to get healthy or are in shape, you know what I mean? Um, but I think for the most part, people are, like, determined, they're disciplined, they're down to to commit to things. It's just, like, we never quite figure out that why and connect it to our entire, like, entire being in a way and in in, in, and come to grips with like where we are and the process it takes to get there. I think there's just, like you said, so much chatter. And whether that's from social media, whether that's from friends and family, people at work, there's just too much chatter that's like uh, just causing stress, as you said. Yeah. But it's, well, and, and the book talks about like when
1: we go on social media, we want to... Whitewash our perception a little bit, right? we want to portray the best part of us the that like we've got our shit together, yeah, and the the good parts, but then on the flip side of that, there are people that are seeing that, and the, I mean this is 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 well established at this point that us viewing that has a negative impact on us. It makes us feel bad to see other people in our perception of them of. How much they have together so when you get this message from somebody saying I go on social media and I feel like I'm doing something wrong I feel like I need to fix something now I'm broken because I'm seeing these other people who air quote here have their shit together when they're really just you know selling you supplements or whatever yeah and huh? so it but that's it's exactly what we talked about last mm-hmm. week where I'm going to demonize something. And now now I'm watching this guy and I feel like I am doing something wrong. I'm broken when that's not really the case because they're portraying just a little piece of things.
0: Right. Gosh. You know, it's always, I'm really guilty of this in my time. Like I've always been able to feel like I'm not doing enough or see all these things. And so, and then even to your point right there, I turn on that and I see people working out that maybe I'm like in competition with in a way or like associated with. And it's like, oh, they, are they outdoing me today because I'm not doing it or I was going to do a rest day and he's squatting. And it's like, gosh, man, like I know this. And I'm, my mind goes there. And so I totally understand like, and back to that, like I've spent years like, Seeing all these things and becoming fascinated with them and, and trying to keep up and, and trying to follow every approach. And that doesn't like lead you to the place you ultimately want to be. It leads you to this place of confusion. And in where I've found over the, the last uh, few years or so, what I really like, what inspires me is that like quiet person who's that can, that can uh, appreciate all forms of training all forms of training cycles that people may be in. But that person who is completely confident, like confident in their approach, in their little program on their schedule, if it's a rest day, they can, they're you know confident with their rest day. Like that samurai mindset is ultimately what everybody likes and what everybody wishes they had the control, to have control over everything in a good way. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it's just the, the self-work, that we all are in, my self-work is always trying to make sure that I'm I'm following the samurai in the gym and in life, and I'm not following the, the psycho, which is very easy to do. Yeah, yeah. That's where,
1: again, I'm excited to finish, I mean, I'm, I'm very early in this book, but man, it keeps talking about things that just sort of, when you think about it, it's, it's obvious, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I, that makes sense. Just sort of analyzing how we think about ourselves, how we talk about our negative feelings with people and our negative interactions and all these sorts of things and how that can inspire a lot of control and take control of us and leave us in a much worse place um, and the kind of impact that has on our lives. So I'm really excited to like continue to dive into this, but man, I'm it's it's revealing a lot of that yeah. stuff that I think we probably would know if we just sit back and think about it, but it's sort of putting some of those puzzle pieces are together.
0: You a, uh, are you a law of attraction person? Have you Looked into the law of attraction much or anything?
1: Yes. I mean, not a lot, but yes. I mean, I do think that there's a lot to this. I
0: the, think they all kind of connect to the same thing. Right. right. And so,
1: in like, like when we talk about the law of attraction, we're, you know, we're saying that idea of like, you get back what you put out into the world, right? Yeah, like yeah. you, um, what was that, that book that got real popular in the night? It's like The Secret or something like that. And it was like, you know, it's that, I think of a family guy, (laughs) Brian Griffin, he makes this book. And it's like, wish it, want it, have it. You know, it's like this idea of like whatever I put out in the world and these thoughts and I'm going to materialize what it is that I want. You know, I attract what I'm putting out into the world. And I I mean, I I do think in like in the context of this book that I'm reading talks about when we have negative experiences, we have a bad thing that happens to us or we're feeling bad about something. We tend to want to talk to somebody about it, um, which is weird. I I don't know that I would have thought that, but like, people don't come to you and just be like they don't volunteer. Like, I'm having a fine day, you know. Like, that's not what they have. But if someone's having a real shitty day, like, they're more likely to talk about that, right? They're talking about that. But then what happens is we actually push people away when we do that because if you think about it, a friend or a family, somebody that you have so much love for, but when they come to you, we have a difficult time controlling that release of that discussion, right? So we're talking about it. We just want to talk about it and talk about it because we're seeking support from somebody, but we have a very limited capacity to hear and empathize. It's sort of like we have empathy and then at some point it like hits a cliff where it's like, I don't anymore. Like I'm tired. Like I can't listen to your shit. Yes. I can't do it anymore. And so it yeah. has this like, negative effect where we end up pushing people away as opposed to getting the empathy and the support that we want so it's this like weird scenario but i think it plays into that of like when we're putting negative stuff out there you'll get a little sympathy a little empathy and then at some point it pushes it away whereas the flip side if like you're just chill and happy and all this like people want to be around those people it it
0: goes right back to the i love talking about the balance like it goes back into that healthy balance because it's like if you're if you're having a a, a moment. You're gonna only feel comfortable to talk to those closest to you. So then you start doing that, but only those closest to you are gonna listen to it long enough before they have the most expectations. Okay, pull your head out of your ass. Right. I believe in you and I'm tired of dealing with this. You are better than this. And that's it's you know, yeah. you've got to find that find the little bubble back and forth. Absolutely. That's so cool. And that's where this book's
1: talking about how you can take control of that, right? And I think that's where it does become it upon us to learn those strategies and tools and tactics and ways that we can take control of our own, uh, you know, that mental chatter so that we're not pushing away the people that want to support us, that want to be there, that want to love on us and help us, that we're not going so far that we push them away, um, but then we're also dealing with it in a healthy way so and, and learning to control it.
0: We need, more, we need more time in our thoughts. We need more time with ourselves, not scrolling mindlessly through something. We need to either be attentive to our thoughts or we need to, if we are going to put something, scroll through something, we need it to be putting nothing but positive input. I guess is we talk about the same in the physical,
1: well, and then I think it raises though like what is positive because so much of what we see on social media, it is a positive message, mm-hmm. but not realizing the effect of it is the people that are viewing it end up feeling worse yeah. about it because it's like, man, I want you to go do this and do these things. And this is like you have a great morning and a great afternoon and a great evening. We don't get the message out right. of it a lot. It's all like, well, I'm a piece of shit is what I get out of it. And I feel bad now as
0: opposed to, yeah.
1: you know, so that's where it's even difficult of what is positive. And, yeah. Um, that's well, what I'm finding so interesting about this. this.
0: This person who sent that text message, man, like they they are routinely challenging themselves to eat real food all the time. And um, they've actually done a, an amazing job of putting months and months together without even... And this is all part of their journey, what they consider bad. I, you know, for me, it was like, hey, you can go eat some some bad, quote-unquote, foods. Um, you've done a hell of a job, but they're, they're dedicated. And so this person is like literally raising a family, being a husband and doing push ups and doing split squats and, and carrying shit around for, you know, rucking around the neighborhood and stuff five, four, five, six times a week for the last, you know, for a long time now. And I'm like, dude, you're doing more than, than you think. Like, You're doing more than a lot of people around like that are that are at the gym all the time trust me so yeah i don't know everybody's got those moments but dude you're kicking ass well and that's that's you know i think
1: that the the good part about that message you get is that it's somebody who recognizes like this is making me feel a certain way and like i don't think that that's right (laughs) and like something seems off about this and like that's probably not good and um, you know, man, gosh. they're
0: looking for a little validation, just to, from the right. Yeah, you know, there's, there's what we're talking about. You're going to somebody at least that you trust or something, and it's like, man, you're fine. Stay on the path. Yeah, and we like, all struggle with it, you know. Yeah,
1: like, I know I, I do. That's, that's. I mean, that's the whole reason I'm reading this book is because I struggle with that. You Get your shit in check. Yeah, and um, was talking with another mutual friend on Instagram last night a lot about it, and he shared a book he was reading, those kinds of things, and it's just and i think that that's mm-hmm. that that step is learning about how these things affect you so that you can understand it you can address it learning how to deal with it is something that we neglect that i'm hoping to to pick up from this
0: a little bit so i know we had something to talk about today because it's mm-hmm. something that i always joke around now as literally thinking it's the easiest thing in in fitness I guess and it, re- it really is and I'll tell you a story first years and years and years ago early um, you know like 2005 2007 ish somewhere around there um, I had hired I've had hired multiple different types of coaches on all sorts of things but I was really um, doing a lot of different nutritional stuff and I hired a coach by the name of Shelby Starnes he's a very credited he's been around for a long time um, he's an amazing coach, but that was big when he was doing, he had released his ebook on carb cycling and he was doing a lot of contest prep and stuff for people. And And uh, so I hired him to do my nutrition. I think I used him for probably about a year and a half. And um, then I'll kind of make this story short. It was really funny because then of course I had his carb cycling ebook. And I started reading the book again, and I started looking at the chapter of basically where it's showing you like the breakdown. This is how you start. This is again, your breakdown of macronutrients. This is how you figure this stuff out. So I started looking at that, and I'm like, okay, well, let me just input my my measurements in here, and then lo and behold, what do I have? Well, I have my very first email return of when he gave me my first diet, you know? And it's like, is it really this easy? And it was like, yes, it was really that easy. He did word for word, what he wrote in the book with the people, you know? So it's like, okay, figured out how many calories he wanted to start me at, kept watching each week. Do we need to go up? Do we need to go down? Let's take a tiny bit out of here. Let me, you know, and all that is written in the book. So when I talk about diet and I talk about like how easy it is and everybody's confused that we kind of probably are confused because of this Instagram social media world where there's all these things. And it is a confusing thing to kind of figure out like what the hell is going on. But once you look at it and you kind of hear it and you think about it for a second, it's like, wow, this is just a bunch of simple numbers that I have total control of and I can manipulate around with tons of different variables to create whatever I want. So, I think we were going to talk about how to set up a diet or how to figure out how many calories you need and to be able to, you know, determine the macronutrients or, or figure out your macros or whatever it is like again I think it's an easy thing but I guess it's a very tough thing out there so we'll play with that. It
1: is. And I so I started to do this the other day and um so so may it's good, I think, to have that, that concept of like, okay, what, is, what are the actual steps you go through, mm-hmm. right? And so let me tell you what I did maybe, and you tell me if I'm going in the right direction. Okay. So I started out, um, and my first thought was, okay, let's, see, let's use one of these online calculators to calculate my basal metabolic rate, which is just your caloric use. It's a, and, and I'm assuming it's a very rough estimate, right? Because you basically are putting in your age, your height, your weight, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. And it will tell you these are essential. This is the number of calories you burn by day by just existing. Like literally if you did nothing but just laid in bed and you just existed, this would be your caloric burn for the day. It's just like your body existing would be where you're at. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a good first
0: step? Yeah, 100%. So let's, let's, let's even do it. Think let's about it. two of the most... Popular in science, I mean, I say popular, the two of them, the in science, the big bang for your buck ones that that are used are the, uh, let's see, the Harris-Benedict formula or like the Mueller formula. So let's just pick the Harris-Benedict formula. So if you're going to pick okay. an online calculator, at least Google Harris-Benedict formula and you're going to find, it's going to come up automatically. You'll find a calculator for that. Okay. Now. You said it was the Harris. Uh Uh-huh. Harris Benedict Benedict formula. All right, here we go. And you will find that sucker on there. Easy. All right, so we're going to put in my weight. We're going to put in my height. I'm six
1: foot. Nope, I'm not 64 feet tall. Six foot. Four inches. I am 39 years old. I am damn near 40. All right, so this is telling me 1935 calories per day. Okay. So that's just my baseline. That's just existing. That's not uh-huh. accounting for any kind of activity.
0: Yep. So you look up a you know, you can look up a some sort of activity calculator type chart or you know, I have one right in front of me and they're all pretty much the same. But then you'd look at am I a sedentary type person meaning you work at a desk job and you don't exercise? then you would take your basic metabolic rate and you would times that by 1.2 and that will give you your total daily energy expenditure. Okay. So the cal- that basically is your rough estimate of the calories you need with your sedentary lifestyle. Now for light activity, which is somebody that like works a desk job, um, and does a bit of regular exercise. Um, but you don't, but you don't, uh, let see, you don't exercise, but you work at a job that's pretty active, meaning like a teacher or a nurse walking around all the time and you're on your feet most of the day. That would be light activity. So somebody who's not exercising too much, but is relatively active throughout their day. And that would be multiplied by 1.375. Now we're getting into somebody a little bit more moderately active. This is going to be Most of you will probably fall into this category. Maybe you work a sedentary job, but you train like a madman, or maybe you train moderately, but you work a job where you stand on your feet all the time. Someone who doesn't train, but works a hard labor job would also fall into this category.
1: Okay, so you got somebody like me who primarily a sedentary job. I don't have a mm -hmm. physical job, but I'm gonna train jujitsu two to three times a week. I'm gonna play volleyball once a week. I'm gonna be in the gym two to three times a week. Plus maybe some extra, some yeah. walks and stuff along the way. So this mm-hmm. may be, the people that are listening to this podcast probably fall in that.
0: The majority of people are going to be in that, that middle ground. And, and all these numbers are really going from is 1.2 to 1.9. So you're still right around like 1.1 or 1.2 for a sedentary person. And if you're extremely active, you're going to 1.9 or two times your BMR there. Now, again, what does this tell you? then it's going to give you the amount of calories you need to fuel your day with movement and work and, and exercise and all that stuff but again it's still just a number it's so a starting point it's, it's a starting estimate. point it's a place where you want to you, you want to get to and you want to be at for a period of time and see what happens obviously if somebody you pulled up that number what would you do uh, would you multiply that so by so i did 1.9 okay. so which feels like a lot. You did a very active person and it got to what, 3600 30, 36, 36, 30, calories there. That's a shit ton of calories. It's a, it's a bunch of calories, but say you did that for a couple of weeks and you saw that your scale had gone up a tiny bit, then you know, hey, I can pull a little bit off here, see where I go then. And so having this number gives you an ability to find your maintenance range of calories. Okay? So now, somebody just figures out their basic metabolic rate, then they add their their activity level, multiply that in there, and then all of a sudden they have their total daily calories. Okay? Now, from there, this is where things get fun. This is the time in which the first thing we want to do is…
1: Can I tell you what I did before you give me the actual answer? Can I tell you what my next step was? Yes see if I was right or not. So my next step was to say, okay, we've talked about protein being probably your most important macronutrients. Because my next thought was, okay, let's figure out how many macronutrients, whatever, and how Mm -hmm. does that fit in there? So we talked about a certain number of grams of protein per day. If I'm 187 pounds, roughly 185 to 190, let's just say, okay, I want to make sure I'm getting at least... Whatever, 150 grams of protein. If you, because okay. some of my notes talk about 0.8 mm-hmm. per gram, per
0: pound all the way up to like 2.2, depending uh-huh. on, or one point, whatever. Yeah, usually like 0.8 per pound to 1.2 per pound. Per pound. Uh, but a lot of things you'll see, some people are converting things from kilograms. Right. So sometimes you'll see some different numbers. But to be, you know, with, with today's time, it's very easy to just go ahead and say one gram of protein per pound. Okay, and you said there's four calories. There's four per gram per gram of protein. So one gram of protein contains four calories. So
1: if I did 185, Mm -hmm. this is what I did. So I did 185 grams of protein times four. That means I consume 740 calories per day of protein would be my target. Correct. Which then means I've got to find.
0: Correct. calories so, somewhere else before we overly confuse everybody i'm going to backtrack okay. and i'm going to kind of show you how simple this can be we used we did some hardcore math some words there with the benedict formula um, and we found our basic metabolic rate and then we times that by our activity level on a on a calculator sheet there as well and that gives us our rough estimate of our calories now these are just numbers so for example we can we can do the same if we just kind of use calories, so say about 15 calories per pound of body weight. That's kind of a rough place to kind of get somebody to a, a maintenance area. So say that we have a 200-pound person, and we're going to times that by 15 calories. That's 3,000 calories, Okay. Now we can, we can stick to this for two weeks and we can examine what happens or a week or two and start to see, okay, let's say hypothetically, this person maintained weight at 3000 calories. Now we found this 200 pound individual is their BMR or their, I mean, their, uh, total daily caloric intake is 3000 calories and now is where the magic happens. Okay. So the first step you were correct, let's find protein. It's 200-pound individual. We're going to do one gram of protein per pound. So now we are, let's see, oh, what is that? Um, 200 times four, that's 800. So we're at 800 calories out of the 3,000 calories in protein. Now, that leaves us with, um, what, 1,800 calories. No, I'm sorry, Yes. 2,200 calories. 2,200. yeah. We're doing Listen. way too much math wow. and math we're confusing you. <laughs> so you subtract 800 calories from 3,000 calories. Protein is out. You've got that covered. The most important macronutrient, um, at least in where I, I made a post recently, it's funny, I always thought it was cool, where in Greek it actually means of most importance. So it is the only macronutrient that without the other two, we can still live. The other two do not provide us that ability. So it is of most importance. So we figured out our protein goal. We subtracted those calories. Now we are at 2,200 calories left. What happens next?
1: Well, I mean, so then you're figuring out what your makeup is between carbs and and fat and... um, that I think can get really individualized. That can right? get
0: really dicey because, and like I don't, like, there's where do you... camps,
1: right? Because some are going to say don't eat carbs, 100%. and some
0: say don't eat fat, hundred percent. And, 100%. and some... but, like I always tell you, somebody lies in the middle where it's fine. Like the the answer is always in the middle. So here's what here's what we're what we're doing. We have twenty two hundred calories to allocate however we wish. Now. My philosophy is to always make sure that all three thousand calories are met first. Our protein goal and our three thousand calories is met, and the rest of the twenty two hundred calories is coming from real food. Just let it be natural. I just yeah, eat I don't really care first what you like as long I want long as... you to be eating real food yeah. and you're staying within your caloric, you know, window of food and you're making sure you're getting protein. Nine times out of ten. That you, works like a charm, get... and that's what most healthy people, or I'm saying, I'm sorry, that's what most fit people start to do when they start to talk about auto-regulating their diet and things like that. That's We, we all just kind of realize like how much energy it takes us day in and day out, and we all are aware of how much protein we need, and then we just make sure the rest of the stuff is real food. There's your influencer fitness thing
1: now, and, and you're going to gravitate towards the things that make you feel better, right. If you're eating real food.
0: So what is what do all these other things tell us that uh, a higher fat, lower carbohydrate diet? We hear that that can have a lot of. Uh, oh, it's better for cognition, brain cognition, thinking. You know, you don't have the ups and downs from the sugar, you know, crashes and the glucose and all that. So we hear these things. Well, then if we're doing this. Now we can employ it because now we know we have 2,200 calories and we can allocate them between, pro, or between carbs and fat however we like and what works best for us. The myth that one is better than the other is for what? For weight loss? No. Being in a caloric deficit, whether it's 10% fat, 90% carbs out of that 2,200, or if it's the other way around, caloric deficit is where weight loss happens, okay? Mm -hmm. But now we have this 2,200 calories where we can allocate as we wish and what starts to make us feel good. So do we want to take a carnivore approach? Well, then we know what types of foods we're going to use to fill up those calories. Are we going to take a paleo-type approach? Well, then we know what type of food there. Are we going to take a vegan-type approach? I'm not very good at this because I'm going to struggle on figuring out how to get adequate protein. But if you can get adequate protein and then allocate the rest of your calories from protein or I mean, God, I keep doing it from, from carbs and fat, then you are in your window of food. Like that's the funny thing about diet is we spend all this time arguing about all that stuff that I just talked about, but all of it works and some of it might work better than others for certain individuals inside the context of correct number of calories now why do some of those things work on some people because if I automatically take out a macronutrient or I give you rule sets that take out certain food groups which are usually taking away processed junk food then you're automatically going to start losing weight so people that jump on the carnivore diet and start losing weight, it's, well, it's, they drastically cut their calories. All of a sudden they're eating satiating, you know, meats that are full of protein and fat and <clears throat> they're not eating all the other stuff because it's not in their diet and they lose weight.
1: Cause they just naturally gravitate then yeah. to a caloric deficit. They're probably not
0: even getting 3000 calories cause they're not eating the animal based diets, which at least has some dairy and some fruits, remember we talked about that last time. So, you know, that's the irony behind this stuff is like we can easily figure out with our with our height and weight and our age and, and those things, we can figure out how many calories we need. And then we know that protein is the most important macronutrient to make sure that we are consistent and we have enough. So we make sure that is done. So let's talk about that yeah. because I feel like one of the things I struggle with is
1: actually getting enough protein because when I look at it and I'm like okay I'm supposed to eat 190 grams of protein a day and when I start thinking about what that in in I like to use like a MyFitnessPal when I'm tracking things because I feel like that's a really good thing it yeah. helps it, it does a lot of this calculation it's easy. It's free. for you you. Can, see it. you can do a lot of free and so yeah. you know I'm like okay one egg has 6 to 7 grams of protein I can drink a glass of milk and it has eight grams of protein. I can have a good yogurt and it may have fourteen grams of protein. I can eat a fourteen ounce ribeye and it's got sixty-five grams of protein, which is about as much food. So, mm-hmm. so when I start thinking about like, oh my gosh, like that's what is that? Like I'd have to eat three 14 ounce ribeyes a day to <laughs> to get that. I, I struggle with that, right? So I find that actually hard, one, to just eat enough meat to do it. And and it's hard for me to eat a really large quantity at meals. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge eater, so that's a struggle. So for somebody in that situation, I know Tara struggles with this as well. I mean, we've been talking about this, of, like, getting enough protein. And when I start to track it and I, like, I stop paying as much attention, I find that I'm getting woefully under amounts of protein. So. Yeah what kind of things can somebody like me do to make sure that I'm actually getting that protein? Because I do find that really difficult.
0: Well, one thing, you know, definitely, if if we're already talking about you're already consciously trying, you know, to get protein in. Um, So obviously, the easy answer is is eat more protein, you know, eat more (laughs) eggs, eat more meat, eat more fish, eat the things that, you know, but I'm trying to be real here, too. It's like, Maybe this is the time to invest into a good quality whey protein or even a, you know, plant-based protein because there are a lot of great plant-based proteins out there. We're looking for a protein supplementation and, um, you know, that's always a good thing, especially if somebody is trying to exhaust food and, you know, it's not as easy as just like, bro, eating another steak. You know, it's that conversation. People start to look at you really easy when it's families and wives and stuff. It's like, okay, I figured that out real quick. It's like, just eat more eggs. And it's like, okay.
1: (laughs) You're like, I'm starting to hate eggs. You know, because
0: I want everybody to to try to get as much as they can in real food first. I mean, that's the best way. But now we're going to start to look at now, what do we snack on? So maybe we snack on more carbohydrate-based type things. And maybe that's a time to start to look at, hey, are there any changes in your routine that we could... Maybe add, like, a good Greek yogurt or, like, a cottage cheese or something of very high protein. Um, even, you know, things like you know, cheese, you mm-hmm. know, has some good protein. So, like, little snacks in there. Is like, can I can I make some, some beef jerky? Can I find some ways to kind of get protein in when I might have been doing some chips and salsa or something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's always those sort of ways. And I think people would be very surprised that, like, you know, I think like three fourths of a cup of like a good full fat Greek yogurt. That's around twenty grams of protein. Yeah, I like the the
1: Icelandic yeah. skier or whatever. So it's you're called. around
0: twenty grams of protein in a cup, yeah, or in a small serving
1: of that. And those even the flavored ones are very. They they reduce the amount of like sugar in them and stuff. So it's not like oh here's a thirty yeah. grams of sugar in
0: and the easiest, everybody knows that they've ever worked with me nutritionally. I always try to, to get them turned on to a good full-fat Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, throw some berries in there and enjoy this as a good snack. But it's also very nutrient-dense as it's protein and it is a very probiotic-esque. And we get tons of micronutrients from the berries. So that's, just, that's a great snack um, right there. But So I would tell you to, to find a protein supplementation. And I would start there maybe make a nice big smoothie, add things that contain protein in it, you know, some good nut butter, um, You know, even chia seeds have protein, all those sort of type of things. How can I get more from any little way I can? And I'd start to look at the foods that you're eating. And if we're predominantly carbohydrate based, it's like where and what type of foods that are protein based can we make these switches? Yeah, I think that's probably
1: a huge key is having because I do like to snack through the day, you know, having that kind of stuff around. And if it's something that is higher in protein, then that's what I'll have. Right. You said beef jerky. That's good. Mm-hmm. I always forget about cottage cheese. Because cottage cheese is actually super high. And I don't have a dairy. Like some people have dairy problems. Like I don't. So I will drink more milk just because even just getting enough calories, I feel like it's hard at sometimes, And that's an easy way for me to throw extra.
0: But again... Quality matters of things. So when you say a lot of people have dairy intolerances, I'm, I kind of roll my eyes because I know some do. I'm not saying that. The one, the one person's like, I am lactose intolerant. Motherfucker. <laughs> I get it. All right. I think the majority of people can tolerate a good dairy, good quality dairy, especially if they're predominantly eating really f- real food. If you start to change your gut microbiomes and you start to like take control of what you're putting in your body, then I think the majority of people can start to to stomach a glass of of real, especially if it was like real raw milk for sure. But you know, scratch the milk, even if it's like a yogurt or some cottage cheese and stuff. If you get a good quality and you're eating a cup or so of that and not just going crazy, I think we we jump on all these like ins like sensitivities and. And lactose intolerances and all this stuff just because we're still talking about life in this modern world. And if we're talking about life in this modern world, we're talking about fast food and just we're just talking about bullshit, man. We're talking about the place that that fuels the obesity and disease that our you know, culture and our world is is plagued by with this stuff. But if we're talking about somebody who's starting to eat better calories and put things together, then they're going to be fine with the majority of these things we're talking about. You're going to find out that you can eat a sweet potato and not get fat. You can have some cottage cheese and not have crazy digestive problems as long as calories are in check and you're honoring all these these things. I think that makes sense. That's actually really helpful. That's all super helpful for
1: me because I've been yeah. thinking about it and like, I'll go through those phases where like I track things and then I get a little bit more sort of auto-regulate like you said and then... After time, maybe I get a little off or yeah. I've had some vacations or whatever or, you know, whatever. I'm spending time away from home and a work trip and then it gets a little off and it's like, all right, it's time to take back control, get back on the, yeah. the right
0: path. And let's look at like going back to those 2,200 calories that we were talking about out of the 3,000 there. Um, that's what we can allocate between protein and fat. Well, there's so many different things. Let's say Carb, we, carbs and fat. You did yeah, it. Yeah, God, I keep doing <laughs> it. Protein is most important. It is <laughs> of most importance, guys. Um, but no, like w- look at the different things we can do there. There are like starches. There are fruits. There are vegetables. There are t- like different ways to start to to switch between all those. If you're following more of the animal-based diet. Then you're not going to be eating a bunch of starch and stuff so most of those carbs are going to be allocated between berries and fruits um and that's pretty much it you know in the in the the raw the milk and the, the raw dairy and then if you're looking at more of like um you know having allowing starches and stuff man you can like that can fill up the calories so there's so many different ways and how those are going to impact the person is completely you know, different. So that's the fun of being able to, one, you get to real foods. Then you can start kind of playing back and forth. Do I want to be more ketogenic? Do I want to be more you know, higher carb? Do I want to have days where I make my 2,200 calories here? Do I want to make it 90% fat and 10% carbs? Now I'm more keto these days. Well, what if we flip it the next day? Well, now we're carb cycling. We're cyclically playing in the same number, but now we're changing the macronutrients up to whatever optimally makes us feel the best. But weight loss, the things like uh, that are really hot, like cellular autophagy, um, all of that kind of stuff. Even the cellular autophagy that's talked about with fasting—you know, when people are talking about increasing mm-hmm. their cellular autophagy—dude, there's some crazy studies. And go to Lane Norton; he'll he'll point you in the direction of this stuff. But Lane has is, is proved and shown like, dude, all this stuff basically occurs at the same rate when we're just in that slight caloric deficit. So I think it, it, it's the chatter in our head that never really gets us in control of figuring out how much in, like, nutrients and energy we actually cons- need to consume every day. And then when we figure that out, we make sure that it's real good quality food and we allocate it how we like outside of the protein and that's that's it. I mean, it really that that is it. Now, there are start to there are things like when if we are if you're going to start tracking foods to kind of figure this stuff out, it's you know whole food is so much easier to navigate than processed foods like such as like bars and things like that's just a pain in the butt. You can we don't want to eat that stuff anyways. So eating more animal foods, more real plant based, you know, nutrient dense foods from the earth. If it can run, fly, swim, you can pick it from the ground or pick it up off a tree, that's the type of stuff we're after. So, but when counting calories or when tracking, you also got to keep in mind that the types of food, so let's just talk about meat. You know we could take a eight ounce chicken breast and it's predominantly going to be very low in fat, maybe a gram or two and zero carbs and it's going to have tons of protein. But if we take an eight ounce ribeye, we're going to have generally or close to around the same in protein, maybe a little bit less, but not much, but the calories are going to be substantially higher because there's a substantial more amount of fat. So now we're looking at that 2,200 calories that we had to allocate between fat and carbs. What happens when our animal-based, like our protein foods, even contain some of the other stuff? That's where you can see where products and, uh, you know, bars and things might have a mixture of all three macronutrients. So you've got to be aware of what's in what because it still adds up in the other category. Right. You know, meat is not just protein only; it depends on the type of cut. Right, and so. If I want to enjoy things like nuts, a little bit more avocado, maybe have a little nut butter throughout the day, then I'm probably going to choose a lot leaner meats so that I can enjoy some fats on the other end. Or if I just, if I'm saying I'm staying away from nuts and avocados and some of these plant based stuff, and I'm going more carnivore esque, then I'm going for fatty ass meats because my diet is predominantly protein and fat with little carbs, you know? So it, Understanding where your fat sources are in things and where hidden carbohydrates are in foods, that stuff tracks. Like that stuff has to be, you know, kept in, kept in check. Yeah. But back to my first point, if we're just basically at real simple foods, it's very easy to kind of start to understand what's in what. And it, it gets easy to navigate after a while, after you have done a week or two of just checking it. And it's very easy, guys to track your calories. It's easy to go get a digital scale. It's like 10 bucks at the store. And you just put your, you know, keep in mind, like if you're if you're measuring things like meats, do them raw as the cooking, you better, or at least you better know the, the conversion rate of when you lose the water and stuff and those things. It's easy to just do things raw. And, uh, you know, if it's things like cooked rice or potatoes, you can do that either raw or cooked and, and just figure out how that stuff uh, mm-hmm. works. But stick with whatever you're doing. And just kind of write it down, measure it out, and it's you, boom, it's done. After a week, it becomes relatively super easy. Yeah. And then you don't need to do it forever, but it gives you a great idea of where you're at. And then you know, all right, I'm hitting these numbers, I'm consistently there. Now I'm in control and I can start to go to plan B. Yeah. That's what's so nice
1: too about that. Like my fitness pal. Um, because it does it's so easy where it's even got a barcode scanner we're like oh I'm going to have this container of yogurt I'm just going to scan it. the barcode and it's like boom and you can log it so it helps you
0: man it makes it so much I'm easier I'm still on the free one I don't I, even log if you looked at my thing it's kind of funny you'll find a day or two every month and that's just because I like to see kind of like routinely what I'm doing mm-hmm. and then I get a number I kind of know okay all right this is kind of routinely where I'm at I saw two days uh roll with that for few months. And then as things start to naturally change a little bit and I start to notice that my routine and I'm kind of eating a little bit differently, then I go back and I kind of check again and you're just in control that way. And it is easy. You can save all your meals. You can input all your foods. Um, so you can always go back and be able to do that. Yeah. Super easy.
1: Well, coach, we got to close it out here so I can get, get a little exercise in. Yes. It's time. Any
0: final parting words for the people? if you are super confused of all this diet stuff there is a book that I recommend everybody get It's it's literally one of my favorite books on nutrition um, Lane Norton's uh, I think it's fat loss forever is an outstanding book where he breaks every he brings the science into everything he shows you ketogenic he shows you carb cycling he shows you fasting he shows you the science behind all of it he shows you how to set your macros to figure out what that relation of 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 fat and carbs what would be optimal for what type of person it's all in there so that is a fabulous book it's called fat loss forever and if you read that you will literally know more than most personal trainers writing diets
1: there you go check it out educate yourself yes and Hit up Coach Luke if you got questions. Um, You can also, hey, as long as you can outsource this, get somebody to be an expert for you, and I will be the first one to tell you, hit up Coach Luke. Uh, This is what he does. You can find him on Instagram at GreenStrengthIV is a great way to get a hold of him, or online at GreenStrengthHQ.com. You can find him there as well. If you want some help and a little backup so you don't feel like you want to go at it alone, that's another Mm excellent option.
0: For sure. Anybody has any questions on this stuff, um, please, please send a, send a message. I love talking about this. Um, so uh, I don't judge anybody for their nutrition. Do not worry about that. Send me your questions and we will get it and I will help you out for sure. There you go. Check it out. And otherwise, we'll see you next time right back here on The Green Team Podcast.